Welcome to the Hockey News Action Show presented by BetMGM McKinney Hockey. I am Mike Stevens. Sitting virtually across from me is the one and only future first female gem in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? Are you excited for this lovely slate of games we're going to tee up for everyone tonight? I'm so excited. Hockey's back. Last night was, I mean, last night was great. A bunch of great games, great storylines. So I'm excited to get back into betting. I mean, you can't really bet on All-Star, right? I, you can, but it's kind of like wasting money because nobody tries so i mean i'm happy we get to go games that matter stories that actually matter like i'm pretty fired up how are you feeling i'm feeling i'm feeling that too listen all-star games a lot of fun and i will never tell you you know like obviously gamble responsibly if you are betting a lot on all-star weekend you you might you might have some issues there so maybe don't uh do that um always gamble responsibly exactly we have to say that so Let's talk about the games that are on in, or in store, on deck, however you want to say it. Tuesday night, let's start with Colorado and Pittsburgh. Uh, it, you know, this is going to be, it seems like a rip-roaring type of hockey game. Um, two teams clawing in the, in the wildcard race. Take us through it. Yeah, so what was interesting is I went back and I looked at just like teams coming out of all-star breaks, right? Usually the hockey's kind of loosey-goosey because... Um, you're on a break. You've probably had one practice, maybe two if you're lucky. Um, and so, like, it was interesting. So last night was, like, the first set of games back, and five of the six of them were one-goal games. And I think we might see a lot of that trend tonight. And Colorado-Pittsburgh is one of those games where I think it's going to be a close game. I think it might be some river hockey. Like, both teams like to play fast. They like to kind of play that up-and-down style. And over the past few weeks, both teams are averaging more than three and a half goals a game. Like, you like do you like scoring, Mike? I love scoring personally. I this might it. be the game for you then. Absolutely right. Well, I mean, talk about special teams. Both have a top three power play in January. They're hoping to take that into uh, February. Let's maybe we can get some uh, some power play props here. Yeah. So both teams like a second and third ranked power play uh, in January. Um, the Penguins are giving up over three and a half goals per game as well in January, which is a lot um, for the Penguins. And if you look at it, both teams have some really special talents, right? You've got Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen on one power play unit. And on another power play unit, you've got Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and then pick your poison, whether you've got Chris Letang, Jake Gensel. Like there's just, there's a lot here. I'm expecting um some fireworks maybe not some scoring but if we're looking at a power play prop kale mccarr is my guy everything seems to kind of run through him on the power play so uh looking at him potentially uh to have some value on a power play point there very cool now what about shots yeah so both teams um they give up a ton of shots from from the same positions so they both give up a ton of shots from centers and they both give up a ton of shots from D and lo and behold, what are these teams two offensive strengths centers and D they both have really high end players at those positions. So I'm looking at Colorado to score over the team total of three and a half. I think the game goes over because I mean, we talked about the scoring, right? Um, but look at the centers and the defensemen. Nathan McKinnon over four and a half shots has some value. Kale McCarr over two and a half shots has some value. So does Sidney Crosby at over two and a half. I think there's going to be a ton of power plays. I think there's going to be some river hockey here. And so for me, I look at this and I go, it's probably going to be some power play points here. And there's definitely going to be a lot of shots. So those are the three players I'm targeting. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to San Jose and Tampa Bay. 
uh, two, you know, two teams in lovely tropical locales. Um, but obviously, I mean, you know, they're two teams at different ends of the spectrum in the, in the NHL standings. Um, but Tampa Bay is kind of reeling right now. Yeah. Um, they got hammered last night, like seven, one against Florida. They looked awful. Um, absolutely terrible. And Tampa has this like weird schedule quirk. So here's a fun fact for you. What do you think of this? So this season, Tampa wins a bunch. So they'll win like five or six straight. Then they'll lose two straight. And then they'll go back and win five straight. Like, I think there's only been twice this season where a loss, like the first loss hasn't been followed by another loss. So, I mean, do you think San Jose has a chance tonight? Ba- just strictly based on that and the fact that Brian Elliott's going to be playing? I was going to say, because <clears throat> this is one of those those rare opportunities where we do know the starting goaltenders, or at least most of them. And Brian Elliott, look, he's not terrible, but he's definitely not Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, San Jose, they're they're a chippy team. They, uh, uh, you know, like they they have some names on their roster. This could be a potential for them to really catch a San Jose or a Tampa Bay team. They just reeling off a huge loss, playing their backup goaltender, and on the second half of back to back, could be could be uh, an interesting potential there to to get in, maybe get some under uh, some good value. Yeah, so I mean, I think there's value on San Jose above 180. So if you can get like 190 or 200 on San Jose tonight, um, that's a value bet for me. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would caution is that in those losses, like we talked about the trend just now, Tampa didn't get trounced in any of those games. Given this team is a veteran team, I mean, it's a championship team. They they know how to deal with stuff like this. I would be very careful. So perhaps if you can get San Jose plus one and a half, that's something that I think could be the bet here. Um, if you're not inclined to take San Jose just straight up on the money line, because I mean, even if it's a one goal game, you, you win that bet. Um, there's always that chance that Tampa bounces back, but we're talking about value here. And to me, there's value on that San Jose line tonight. Mm-hmm. Now, although San Jose is giving up four goals per game of late, um, and then obviously we look at, at Tampa Bay having the, you know, like one of the best power plays in the league. Uh, how could those maybe factor in here? Yeah. So San Jose has given up the most goals per game, uh, in the month of January, they're averaging, giving up four goals a game. I don't know how many hockey games you think you're going to win doing that, but it's not very many. Um, so I think first of all, you're going to have to clamp down on that. But for this reason, uh, I think we can both say, we assume Tampa is going to score more than two goals tonight, right? Yeah, I can probably assume that. Right. So I, I would say, like, it's probably a safe bet that Tampa scores at least three. Um, and if San Jose is going to win, they're going to need to score four. So right there, that six and a half number on the over, that's got some some value for me. But, I mean, talk about the, the special teams. Tampa has the third best PP this entire season. So it's mm-hmm. not even just a month. It's the season. And, I mean, we know why. Like, look at look at who's on that unit. But San Jose, even though they're really poor this year, really good PK, sixth best in the league. And so I think that there's not a ton of value on the power play points tonight. And and usually that's something we would look at here um, to say like, okay, a good team's playing a really poor team. That probably means the special teams are lopsided. But that's not the case here. So um, if anything, I'd be betting the unders on power play points and there's not a ton of value there either. So I would, I would straight up, I would look at things like team totals, uh, the over, and and the value on the money line. Yeah, San Jose, sneaky, really good 
penalty kill team even last year and through 25 games of this season, they had the number one PK in the league, despite, you know, being a, a poor team record-wise. Very interesting. All right, Edmonton and Detroit. Um, Edmonton, a team that is, you know, fighting to stay relevant in the playoff picture. Uh, we could be we could be gearing up for an extremely good second half um, from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to, you know, thrust their team into the playoffs. Uh, and it all starts here. So let's take it. Let's take it through here. Edmonton, obviously, an incredible offensive team. Going to be some more of this riverboat hockey, likely that uh, you were talking about. Uh, yeah. So Edmonton's averaging more than four and a half goals per game in their last ten games. Is that good? That's that's pretty good. <laughs> that seems good. So uh, right now, I believe the Edmonton Oilers team total is three and a half. I would smash that mm-hmm. over. I mean, you just kind of have to go with the trend at that point. Like I I get it. In terms of like it's all-star break, there was a break in between, like that's fine. But like 10 games is I a quarter of the games that Edmonton has played. Like that's that's a good sample size uh for this season. So for me, I'm taking over three and a half. Detroit is not fantastic in goal. Edmonton is averaging 35 shots a game. Like that's a lot. So basically, if Detroit gets 900 goaltending and Edmonton gets 35 shots, they're scoring three and a half goals. Like, yeah. and and let's, you and I can talk, like, are Dreisaitl and McDavid above average shooters? Uh, well, uh, according to Connor McDavid at All-Star Weekend, actually, he said he's not, he's never been an elite scorer. So, uh, from the mouth I mean, of, uh, of, of him. If you're minus, like, what is it, 400 in the Rocket Richard race in oh, uh, February, I feel like you might be an elite shooter, don't you think? Yeah, I think he might be might be lying a little bit there, but yeah, no, like this. Uh, as we know, the Edmonton Oilers are an incredible offensive team. Um, I would smash the over on that offensive juggernaut, if you will. But I think it's also important to point out, like Detroit started off the season; they were super loosey goosey, like woof, uh, mm-hmm. not great. But over the past few weeks, tightened up. They're second best in shots against per game, so they've actually like really tightened the screws a little bit. And I went back and looked, and they're still struggling against teams that play stylistically similar to Edmonton, um, which is why I like this spot here. Um, we don't know who the starting goaltender is, but uh, whatever the over is on saves there, 27, 28, I'd, I'd probably take that. That's got some value. I would expect that Edmonton's going to come firing out of the gate. Um, you talked about how like Leon Dreisaitl, you were at All-Star Weekend. He mm-hmm. wasn't happy with his first half, right? shockingly he he said he was not happy with his play in the first half so we could be seeing uh and keep in mind this is a guy who was second in nhl scoring we could be seeing an even better leon dry side coming up here yeah that's terrifying to think about mm-hmm. um and the other thing is like edmonton's power play in the last five games 41 percent yeah it's not <laughs> that's insane so i feel like you probably know where i'm going with this one um mcdavid dry power play points yeah maybe smash that I would probably take a look at that. I mean, Detroit's penalty kill is nothing special. Um, and the Edmonton power play of late is uh, what I would classify as extremely special. Um, if you add up the Edmonton power play in the last five games and the Vancouver uh, penalty kill this season, you get like 103% because that's how bad Vancouver's penalty kill is and that's how good Edmonton's power play has been. Remarkable. So. Yeah, it's kind of wild to think about. Um, so yeah, the McDavid Dreisaitl power play point. Um, another guy that I like the power play point on that that 
kind of has some value is Zach Hyman. Mm. Um, he's either banging in goals or he's getting the puck retrievals to get it back to McDavid, which is equally terrifying because then everybody's out of position. So for me, that's an area that I would, I would absolutely key on in this game. Guys on pace for like a hundred points. It's nuts. All right. Individual shot props. Yeah. So, um, one kind of area that I think could be a target is Dylan Larkin. Mm. So Dylan Larkin is going to be a UFA. It, from all of the reporting, it kind of feels like it seems like he feels as if he's getting the short end of the stick. Bo Horvat just got eight and a half million. I'm mm. not suggesting Dylan Larkin should get eight and a half million, but I feel like he might be a little bit motivated in the second half to kind of show Steve Eiserman, like, hey, I am worth the money that I say that I'm worth. Mm -hmm. So for me, it starts tonight over two and a half shots. He's got speed. He kind of plays a style where he can make the Oilers defenseman pay. I'm looking at that. I'm also looking at Philip Heronik. Uh, he, he likes to shoot the puck. He's really good at getting it through and on net him at over two and a half shots. Um, that's got some good value for me, especially at plus money. Um, I'm looking at that. And then the guy we just talked about Zach Hyman, um, whether he's, picking up rebounds or he's getting to the net himself three plus shots on net. That's a good one for me. Three and a half, not a ton of value there unless you can get it at plus money. Very good. All right, let's go to Seattle in the New York Islanders. The second game of the Bo Horvat uh, era on is going to be taking place tonight. This is a back-to-back -back situation though. Uh, so this is going to be very interesting. Rachel, take us through it. Yeah. So like you mentioned, New York, played last night they beat philadelphia 2-1 very low scoring game mm -hmm. um it was a good game though like there was there was some legit battles in that game um new york finally scored a power play goal what a concept that is you put a weapon a like Bo Horvat there and all of a sudden um but seattle's got some money line value here they're still tops in the pacific division like they're one of the best teams um at least for my money in the west uh so they've got value if you can get them at minus 115 or better um that is absolutely a spot that I'm looking at. Very cool. All right. Seattle doesn't give up a ton of shots. Uh, no, they do not. Uh, they're very good defensively. Yeah. yeah. So how could that potentially influence me as a better putting money down in this game? Um, do you know who Josh Bailey is, Mike? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I would take him under two and a half shots. He's perpetually been going under of late. Uh, Lane Lambert seems to be bouncing him up between like the bars L line and then the press box and the fourth line. So it, it's really dependent on like how Lane Lambert's feeling. Um, and it happens on a shift to shift basis as it, when it comes to like the fourth line or the first line, I'm looking at him to go under the number he's been trending under um, the entire season. I think there's value there. Uh, so that's what I'm looking at. However, Bo Horvat has been a volume shooter all year. Uh, he had four shots last night. I would expect that he's going to have two to three shots tonight. I think there's value on the line at two and a half. Uh, so I am going to take Horvat. He's coming off that big contract extension. He's going to want to show um, the New York Islander fans in their first home game uh, to see him, what he's all about. So I'd expect a very good game from Bo Horvat tonight. Uh, the Islanders are actually, they're pretty stingy. Um, but the one area they give up a ton of shots is from the defense. And uh, Vince Dunn's having a fantastic year this year. And so for me, I look at him over um, one and a half shots is the line. Some places have it at two and a half. Honestly, I'd take both. I think he's probably going to get three. But if you can get him at over one and a half, I would smash that bet. 
Absolutely. I mean, look, Bo Horvat is trying to prove to New York Islanders fans that this extension is not too long and too much money. As <laughs> the guy who signed that contract said it was. All right. Vegas and Nashville. Oh, no. We're not done with Seattle. Oh, we're not yet. done. I thought no, we were. No, okay. I got more. Rachel, I'm so sorry. We, we, got the, we came with the research today. We, well, we come with the research every day. Both teams, um, you know, we talked about like being good defensively. Mm-hmm. Both teams are averaging less than two and a half goals, like offensively, and they're pretty good defensively. The game, like, I think it's a good under target. The under is set at five and a half right now. And if both teams are averaging scoring less than two a game, and Seattle's really good defensively, and uh, that guy named Ilya Sorokin may or may not be playing. Um, he will be playing. Farlamov started last night, so yeah. Injured, to me, playing. this this has got some value, especially like I saw at some places it was even at six. Um, first of all, that's like an auto bet for me, but five and a half, I think, with teams that are uh, they're struggling to score, they're pretty good defensively. Um, it like the Islanders have an awful power play. Seattle has an awful penalty kill, so it's kind of just like, um. An immovable object meets stoppable mm. force, right? <laughs> uh, so for me, I'm looking at the under in this game. I just I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals here. Very cool. All right, are we okay to move on to the next game now? Oh yeah, we're ready. Okay, cool. Vegas and Nashville, probably the most even game of this. Uh, two teams that are fighting to stay in the playoff race. Take us through it. Yeah, they're relatively even odds tonight. Um, I would say keep an eye out if Logan Thompson is starting. Um, I would probably lean um vegas i don't like the combination of aiden hill versus uc soros that seems like it could be a recipe for mm-hmm. an l uh, but i do believe vegas has value if logan thompson is starting i mean he just came back from all-star all depends on what bruce cassidy wants to do i would have to think that john hines and bruce cassidy are going to go with their starters given that they are in the thick of the playoff kind of race like this isn't um a a situation where like let's say you're carolina or your um columbus where you can kind of maybe take it easy on your all-star guys um i think this is a situation where both all-star goalies um they need to start uh so i would i would say if logan thompson is starting i would take vegas very cool now there's some interesting players involved obviously in this game for for two teams that are somewhat you know lagging lately i mean you got on one side you got forsberg and Niederreiter on the other side, you got Eichel Kessel, Marsha. So take us through some individual player uh, performances here. Yeah. So both teams are averaging um, 32 shots a game or more, and they're giving up more than 31 shots a game. So you're looking at what is likely to be a 65 shot game. Um, I'm expecting now what's interesting is I've just said that both of those teams are in the top half of the league in goals against in January which means they're giving up a lot of shots and not giving up a lot of goals. So does that mean they have good goaltending? I would say so. Right. Okay. So I think for me, um, you talk about the players, but from the goalie perspective, I think this is a case where both goalies at like, if the number is like 27 and a half saves, both goalies have value there. Cause I'm expecting like probably 32, 33 shots aside in a relatively offensive game. Um, and I think the goalies are going to be good. So for me, I like the goalie saves here. But if we got it, if we're going to have saves, it means we got to have shots, right? Mm-hmm. 
that, that's, right, that's so the way the world works. That's kind of how that works. Mm -hmm. So like you said, Philip Forsberg and Nino Niederreiter on one side, I would keep a close eye on Tanner Janot as well. Um, if he's on the fourth line, I'd stay away from him. But if he's up kind of in the top nine and getting um, more time, then I would consider uh, betting on him, but wait till those lines come out. Um, Philip Forsberg at three and a half, uh, Nino Niederreiter at two and a half. I think that they're probably going to go over the number here, but if you want to be safe, you can take them at three plus and two plus respectively. Mm -hmm. But I would have to think that in a high shooting uh, game, that's going to have a low scoring affair. They're going to be throwing a ton of pucks on net just to kind of see what works and what doesn't. And Forsberg and Niederreiter are, are two of those guys. Um, I would bet actually the under on Roman Yossi. His under is currently, the line is at three and a half right now. Um, and I think that they are going, Vegas does a really good job of kind of protecting uh, from the top. And so I think that Yossi is going to have issues, not only getting shot attempts, but also getting shots through. Um, Vegas blocks a lot of shots, whether it's Petrangelo, McNabb. Um, so I think we might have value on the under there. Very cool. All right. Are we able to move on to the final game? Well, we got we to gotta touch Vegas, right? Yeah. We got to touch Vegas. So you got Eichel, you got Marcia. So they're playing on the same line. Mm -hmm. That line shoots the lights out all the time. Yeah. And then you've got Phil Kessel, who uh, noted Mikey Stevens, uh, his favorite, favorite player. player. Yeah. So I got to throw in a Kessel bet here, don't I? I in, in honor of me, I'd really appreciate that. I mean, that's really thoughtful of you, Rachel. Yeah, so Vegas's bottom six is deeper and more controlling of the puck than Nashville's is. So you're talking about guys like uh, Keegan Colasar, Nick Waugh, um, and Phil Kessel plays in that bottom six. And if those guys are controlling play, guess who's shooting the puck? Oops. It's uh, Phil Kessel. Hmm, um, Jake Kessel? Yeah, so wow. Phil Kessel's line um, in some places is one and a half. Uh, that is something I would be taking. For sure. I think that he he plays on the power play, so he's going to get those cookies there. But I think that Vegas's bottom six will outplay Nashville's bottom six. At least on paper, they are better. But up top, you've got Eichel and Marcia so, who are two players that just, they love to shoot the puck. They're volume shooters. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that kind of coming out of all-star break, they're going to be rejuvenated. They need to make that push for the playoffs. They don't have Mark Stone anymore. Somebody's got to pick up the Mark Stone shooting slack. And who better than the two best volume shooters? So I'm looking at Eichel and Marcia So. Uh, Eichel three and a half, Marcia So two and a half. Um, I think they're both going over the number there. We're also looking at an Eichel who got publicly called out by his coach right before the All-Star break. He might be pretty motivated to rectify that situation maybe. So just, yeah, uh, I mean... It I really lotto this, like Eichel to score a goal. Mm, very cool. All right. And the Bedard Bowl. We have our, our the final game on the slate here is Anaheim and Chicago, two just objectively terrible teams. Um, but, you know, one does have, a, you know, or at least both have some, some interesting players here to maybe make this interesting. Uh, there are some offensive weapons in here. Let's break it down. You know, we talked about riverboat hockey this entire time. Anaheim as a team, that, that is their bread and butter. Uh, poor John Gibson. My goodness. I mean, Mike, are you going to watch uh, Colorado-Pittsburgh or are you going to watch Anaheim-Chicago? I'm probably going to watch the game with the teams who are, like, like watchable. Okay. And that's I not like the game we're talking about right now. 
Right. So I feel like this game will be entertaining for all the wrong reasons. Um, Like you said, Anaheim plays river hockey. Like, they take a ton of shots, and they give up an average of 40 shots a game. Is that bad? <laughs> I, I don't even know how to answer like that. That's that just, might be bad. Shots, Rachel. Like, oh my gosh, somebody! It's it's. Remember when like Canada played Latvia in the Olympics yeah. and Kristers Gudlevskis was just like on the ground. That's Except basically. John Gibson doesn't stop that many shots. That's so. true. So Anaheim is on a back to back. They played last night, um, and Chicago gives up a ton of shots. Which like who could have thought? But they don't take a lot. Now, I feel like that's probably because they're playing better teams than them because almost everybody is better than Chicago. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is maybe an opportunity where Chicago, they might get 30 or 32 shots. Um, But either way, like Anaheim gives up a ton and they take a ton. So I'm um, I'm targeting Anaheim players. But I mean, both teams, like they score and give up more than three goals a game. Like... So they're basically, they're playing river hockey as like a shtick at this point. Um, I feel like the over six and a half here is probably a pretty good bet, especially with Anaheim being on the back-to-back. Um, that's probably pretty good. The goalie saves. I mean, what did we just talk about? Like, yeah. I don't know who's in net for Anaheim tonight, but that poor man is going to be really, really tired. Yeah. Um. And I think that whoever's in net for Chicago tonight is going to be the same. So I would look at probably over 28 and a half, over 27 and a half, whatever the line is. Yeah, I'd be taking that for the Chicago and the Anaheim goalies. Um, and specifically, so we've got Adam Henrique, Frank Vetrano, and Troy Terry as the primary shooters on Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Adam Henrique and Frank Vetrano have kind of had this like surge of late. Um, and they were given all-star and the bye week off so they're kind of they're buzzing uh they looked good last night um shooting the puck and so um i'm looking at them i believe they're both set at two and a half uh that has value to me like we said chicago gives up a ton uh they also give up a ton from the wings and that is where those two players are playing to be fair chicago gives up shots from everywhere um troy terry uh he's coming off an all-star back-to-back um I'm, he didn't look great last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's somebody where I would potentially, I would stay away from him, or if anything, I, I might bet the under. Um, because mm-hmm. having having All-Star Weekend and then a back-to-back right away, um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they just rested him. Um, it's not like they're in a playoff fight. So um, we'll see what happens there. But then on the flip side, you've got Patrick Kane, Max Domi, and Seth Jones, who are, um, they lead the Blackhawks in shots this year. Um, Patrick Kane's at over three and a half, Domi at two and a half, Jones at two and a half. I don't think the Kane line has a ton of value unless you can get it at plus money, in which case I would seriously consider it. But the Domi and Jones lines, I really like. I think that Anaheim, I mean, Anaheim gives up shots from anywhere and everywhere and all the time. So uh, to me, anytime you can get primary shooters at plus money, I'm sold. I do, and I do. Just a note on Troy Terry. I do believe that he did get hurt last night, um, so it's unclear whether or not he'll even be playing. So okay, you, you so you just rest him you. for that reason, right? You, I would, and honestly, I would be resting him for that reason. You, yeah. you don't have anything to play for. I, I, I saw 
that he got banged up and then I thought he came back. So I thought he was going to be okay. And so I guess we'll see, but that's even, that's an even bigger reason. So if Terry's playing and I don't think he should be, I'd be betting the under then. And that's even more reason to take Henrik into Toronto because if Terry is out or even has an injury of sorts, they're going to be the one shooting the puck. Absolutely. All right, Rachel. Well, that's the slate. That's the Tuesday night slate of games that we just uh, obviously locked up as we say. Bet responsibly, of course. It's supposed to be something fun. Um, but on that note, I guess we will. Uh, I will see you later this week to to queue up another phenomenal slate of NHL action as we enter the uh, the stretch drive here. Yes, we will. All right. Yeah. Bet responsibly. Um, I don't recommend taking every single bet we went over today. Mm-hmm. I actually abide by the no more than five rule. Um, that's usually what I go with. You don't need to give away your money. Yeah, and. Uh... I don't think I could have said it any any better myself. So if you want to, you know, check out any of the, the Hockey News podcasts, uh, go to thehockeynews.com slash podcasts. All the archives are there. It's lovely. Um, Rachel, I'll see you later this week. Sounds good. Bye, everyone.